Christmas break is history in the Minnesota Wild to get their schedule started against the Winnipeg Jets tonight. We preview the action, plus take a look at what the Wild need to do out of the break today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Locked On Wild on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we preview the Minnesota Wild schedule coming out of the Christmas break, the end of December, and what the Wild need to do to establish the right tone against a couple of key Central Division opponents. We'll talk about some injury statuses as well. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, broadcasting from the comforts of home, uh, on vacation for the uh, the next week, but we're still bringing you some episodes here uh, throughout the week as we uh, count down to the close of 2022. And of course, we are joined by uh, Alex McLeady. It is a McLeady Tuesday because uh, took just the extra day with uh, with Christmas. A lot of businesses celebrating the Christmas holiday on Monday. So it took the extra day, but still get our, uh, our weekly dose of, uh, of Alex here. And Alex, a little bit of a clunker to uh, finish the schedule before the Christmas break, but uh, the team gets to put that behind them. They get the Winnipeg Jets right out of the gate and the team is fully hot. Ha- oh, wait, no, they're not. What? Let's start with Marcus Foligno. I thought he was going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, Dean said, uh, you know, before we found out this news that he was going to be okay for this week, which is a a gauntlet of the of the Central Division. Um, they really need him uh, because w- without him, you know, and then Duhame too. You're, I mean, you're losing some edge uh, to the team, and then Shaw's out as well. So it's going to be an interesting first couple of games. Uh, you know if. You know, if Marcus can't play tonight, I don't expect him to play against uh, Dallas either. So it's it's gonna be interesting for sure. Yeah, I don't I don't have anything to go off of definitively, but I would imagine with two road games this week, we may not see him this week at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, they called up Sammy Walker and uh, Adam, you know, Beckman. So um, yeah, it's that's that you know you call up two forwards, you know, I you know I'm not expecting Marcus, you know. With, with the way they you know called up two guys, not just one. Yeah, and it it leads to the phrase, the dreaded phrase, and it's one that I railed against in the uh, the final show before the Christmas break. There was talk that the Wild may go with the eleven forward, seven defenseman lineup, and I cannot emphatically enough say that I think that's a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the the San Jose game we we saw it just <laughs> bare evil to the to the Wild. Uh, uh, you know, you uh, you know, you had Fogarty that they could have played, um, but then 
uh, you know, they panicked and went 11 seven and then, you know, Shaw gets kicked out. Um, and then you're just, you have guys gassed out there. Um, and you know, that's, that's the risk you take of going 11 seven. Um, you know, you can't, you can't afford to have a forward get hurt because then you become extremely shorthanded. Yeah. And it's, it's just weird because, and I know it's not, they don't lead the NHL in too many men on the ice penalties, but you would think with just creating a bunch of line chaos that you're more apt to have that happen because there are guys coming in and off the ice almost constantly and not in a flow of this line replaces this line. It's these two guys come on the ice, this guy stays, or this guy stays, these two guys come off the ice. And it just, it's to me, it's just one of those things that you get you kind of you get what you pay for like if you're going to roll with a less than full four lines of forwards you're going to have a lot of guys that get caught kind of in awkward transitions off the ice and as a result you're going to have some penalties too and i just i don't get the need to do it no 100% um and you know with this week the the teams that they're playing uh there's a ton of speed and skill and I don't, I don't think they can afford to to go that that route. Um, you know, you know, these are huge games because they're all central division opponents, um, and you got to get you got to get your two points. Um, and like you said, it's on the road too. So um, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting for sure to see what they what the strategy is. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the three games coming up here uh, to close out the show today. But I did just want to recap. You know, we we in looking at what the wild did before Christmas, uh, obviously up until that San Jose game, they, uh, they were able to beat Anaheim had one of the worst, I think second periods that we've seen from the wilds all season and followed it up with a really, really good third period in which they were able to kind of take control of that game. And up until that sharks game, it was a team that had been just taking care of business. It's funny because um, I had a comment on YouTube the other day, wondering, you know, why is this year's wild team winning at a similar rate, yet not nearly as exciting and fun to watch as they were last year? And I think some of that is goals, less less goals being scored, tighter games. But I think the big thing is just a lot of these games are getting decided in regulation, either win or lose. There aren't those late game heroics that we saw last year. Yeah, and I think the team defense has been so much better too. Um, you know, I was kind of expected too when you lose a guy like Kevin Fiala, um, who produced so much offense. Uh, you know, you're trying to change the team philosophy a little bit, and you know, we saw at the beginning of the season where the defensive structure was just absolutely horrendous, and uh, you know, now the team has started to get a lot more healthy, um, and you know, they're they've you know, I think the coaching staff they've you know, just change philosophies, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, they're trying to grind out games more. Um, and, you know, it, it can lead to some frantic moments and in, in periods like you, like you said against Anaheim. Uh, but, you know, they find a way, um, you know, I've, I've mentioned that, uh, you know, like hashtag or phrase, they've uh, find ways to, to win and uh, the goaltending has been so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Gustafson has matched uh, what Talbot would would be doing, um, or you know, like how Talbot played last year, and so 
you know, they're relying on their goaltending to, to get them wins as well. So uh, we'll see if they can keep that up. You know, it's a, it's a challenge uh, in this league. Um, you know, we saw, you know, San Jose just come in and just destroy Gustafson, but not all his fault too. Um, yeah. Uh, injuries and guys seem gassed on a back-to-back. So we'll see how they split up the goalies this week too. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do uh, tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know which way maybe is better to lean for uh, for goalies, but my guess is we would, would go something to the effect of Flurry, Flurry, Gustafson, or Flurry. I, I I think they're going to go with Flurry against Dallas. That that is the part of the equation that I I think we can just lock into place. But beyond mm-hmm. that, not yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, St. Louis is a really banged up team right now. They you know um, they lose a guy like Jordan Cairo who hasn't played the past couple of games from a concussion. You know, after he got a hat trick, which was a uh, you know, that was really tough, uh, you know, to get hurt after you get the hat trick goal. But uh, yeah, they're just a banged up squad and, uh, you know, not getting the great goaltending uh, that they've had in the past uh, from Bennington and Thomas Grice is gross. <laughs> uh, it's not just, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who they throw in that against the wild, but uh, yeah, maybe that's a, you know, they, they seem to be picking uh you know, Gustafson against, uh, you know, teams that don't maybe has as much firepower and leaving Flurry to take the tougher of the matchups, you know, understandable. Um, but, you know, Gustafson's been playing really well too. So, yeah, you know, he, he beat a team like Detroit, you know, so that's, that's a, you know, really high, high scoring team. Um, so. There are some things that the Wild can shore up a little bit in front of him. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about kind of trying to, did an episode of love it or leave it behind before the Christmas break. And so we'll, we'll just look at how the wild can bring some of the good special teams with them into this week, especially we'll talk about a couple of other things as well. Plenty more to get to on today's episode of lockdown wilds after this. Today's episode is brought to you by the national highway traffic safety administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. You saw the biggest stories of 2022 episode that we had for you yesterday. So make sure to check out more of Lockdown Sports Today on all your favorite podcast platforms. Continuing our Tuesday edition of a Micheletti Monday I think that's a better way to put it. Um, Sammy Walker and Adam Beckman called back up. And so you look at the equation 
and no Marcus Foligno, no Mason Shaw. First off, let's talk about the Mason Shaw suspension because I saw plenty of reaction to it. And it's interesting because, you know, from the opposing viewpoint, the opposite team, the one that the hit goes against, the quickest reaction seems to be, oh, it's a dirty play. But if you know the Mason Shaw story of what he has had to overcome to get to the NHL level, I don't know if he's going to just throw knees around to, uh, to try to make a point. Yeah, the whole the whole situation is weird because, you know, uh, three uh, three ACLs, um, but he also lifted up his leg. So I don't, I mean, it was just weird. Um, you know, he's a guy that, um, you know, hasn't been suspended. So uh, that was interesting to get two games, um, you know, and it just, you know, stinks because he's, he's played so well and he's earned his spot on that fourth line um, and has been gelling really well with Reeves and Dewar. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really tough. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, uh, tonight, um, you know, if they put Walker back with uh, with Boldy, um, you know, and then, you know, guys get, you know, they'll be completely shuffled around a little bit, um, you know, so I, I don't know what, what, what they're going to do. Uh, but, yeah, it's tough to lose a guy like Shaw. Yeah, I, I don't know because you would think the logical thing would be to put Walker back on the Boldy line, put Hartman on the grief line, and then put Beckman on the um, – put Beckman on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that would, that would be fun. I mean, uh, cause you know, Beckman's played with those, you know, um, with Dewar in, in Iowa. And so, um, you know, and he can bring a lot of energy and I, uh, you know, I tweeted it the other day. I, I think he deserves another chance in the NHL. So mm-hmm. we'll see, you know, even if he plays really well, we, we, we saw with, with Sammy too, it's just a it kind of a bodies thing where, you know, he still has to buy his time in Iowa then. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at least you're at least you're getting a chance. Yeah, and, and with Ryan Hartman, you know, he scored in the Anaheim game. He's looking more like the Ryan Hartman we had last year. And so I think with what he can bring to the table normally, I think he's the most logical fit to throw unless, unless, oh boy. Unless they put Reeves on the grief line and then go with a fourth line of Dewar, Walker, Beckman. The only problem with that, with the with having Reeves on the grief line, is that basically eliminates offense for for the, the, those other two, which, yep. which is too bad. Um, you know, Eck uh, is so, so important to this team. Uh, you know, because he's the only really reliable center. Um, you know. Uh, that you know that can do you know both offense and defense. Um, we'll see you know with Ryan Hartman, um, he can't he's he's come back and and played pretty well, but uh, um, they can he's you know the inconsistencies are still there for him. You know not like a guy like Eck. Yeah, and I would rather I'd rather see something like that because if you're just gonna if you're gonna eleven and seven it, <laughs> and you do that right in front of Dallas. I don't think that is a viable route to go. No, I mean I watched the the Dallas uh, um, Edmonton game was on national TV the other night, and I just I wanted to watch Dallas again just because I knew the Wild would be playing them. And I mean that Rupe hints Joe Pavelski Jason Robertson line is is absolutely incredible. They dominate dice, and uh, 
I mean, they just wear out defensemen, and I don't know if, you know, 11-7 is the right move against that Dallas team. I mean, we saw Dallas, you know, after going down 5-1, you know, Dallas came raring back, Um, and so... Uh, yeah, I think you need the 12 forwards against that team. Um, I will say this, too, as we talk a little bit about the special teams. I don't know if it's just me, and apologies to State of Hoppy if he's listening, because I would <laughs> never suggest taking his favorite player out of the lineup, but it does seem like Addison is maybe gripping his stick a little bit too much. The The power play in the game against San Jose got way too pass-heavy, and it seemed like up at the top of the zone, Kalen was, you know, he'd get a, he'd receive a pass from somebody and would either immediately send it back or would quickly just send it to the other side of the ice. And I don't know, pull that shot from the top every now and again. Like you get, you can't score on the power play if you don't shoot. No, hundred uh, percent. And this Winnipeg team, uh, they're very physical. Um, so I could definitely see that where they go Goligoski over Addison um, but then the power play would be interesting to see who would be the uh, the quarterbacking that if they uh, move the captain up to that top unit, Spurgeon, or or if they put Goligoski there and then just you know make him pass. <laughs> um, uh, you know he doesn't have the uh, offensive skills as 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 much as Addison, but uh, he's more steady uh, defensively. Yeah, and that's and that's the other thing too is it's like if you take Addison off that unit. It just is not the same. And so I think you just have to kind of you have to kind of roll through that in that there are going to be stretches where this power play just passes and they pass for two minutes and they don't shoot. Like right. I mean, fifty seconds of three uh, five on three against Anaheim and you don't attempt a shot because you're just That's one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Yeah. You you gotta convert. So, yeah, let's just to echo what I said, and it's funny because so much of this stuff, it now looks like is going to happen again. Like, just <laughs> time's just, a flat circle. Please. As, <laughs> please. as Matthew McConaughey did in True Detective. <laughs> don't don't play puck, puck, pass. Shoot the puck. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect this, you know, especially against Winnipeg. I mean, they they get going really fast and you know, they got some high enders and Shifley and, you know, Kyle Connor and, you know, the, the names go on and on with, with that team and, you know, Hellebuck's been, you know, playing at a Vesna type level. So it's good. It's going to be fire wagon hockey tonight for sure. Yeah. And let's let, that's a perfect segue into just talking about this game more in, uh, in general. So why don't we do just that? We'll finish by talking about Winnipeg, Dallas, St. Louis, as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day as we draw to a close 2022. Appreciate everybody that takes all the the time to listen uh, each and every day. I can say from, from what goes on behind the scenes, we're all having a blast doing it. So appreciate everybody that tunes in. Uh, to every episode that we do, we uh, are definitely going to keep them coming into 2023 and beyond. So, Winnipeg on the schedule, and Connor Hellebuck, who just does not like the Minnesota Wild. He gave up six goals 
the uh, the last time he faced the uh, the Wild, and he's been pretty he's been pretty Jekyll and Hyde all season. His numbers are great, but you look at his last five starts. He had a three two loss to Boston, which Boston is one of the best teams on the planet. So good good work there. Uh, beat Vancouver, beat Nashville in overtime, but then gave up four goals to Washington and five goals to Vegas. And so he is two and three in his last five starts. But that's the Connor Hellebuck experience is he's going to have these moments where you just are like, I can't believe this is a starting caliber NHL goalie. And then he has that stretch where you're like, I nobody's going to score on this guy ever again. But the Wild just the Wild just seem to be the team that is just like, "Oh, this is we're just shooting at an empty net." Like it, there's there's nobody in. Yeah, sometimes you have you just have that advantage over a squad. Um, you know, the one thing uh that, you know, could give the Wild, you know, an advantage as we saw in their last matchup too is just the overall depth. Um, you know, uh, you know, the Jets are missing one of their best players and Blake Wheeler, um, who had groin surgery. <laughs> I mean, he tore his groin and then it came back and played the third period um, uh, when he tore his groin, which is just, yeah, uh, that's hockey tough right there. Um, yeah, just, yeah, it's an unbelievable injury. Um, you know, <laughs> you can't make it up, right? Uh, yeah, the, the Jets are really at top heavy. Um, I mean, they have a defenseman leading the team in scoring too and Josh Morrissey, so... Uh, that's that's saying a lot, but you know, like the names I mentioned before, too. Uh, they're still dangerous offensively, and Kyle Connor, you know, you know, Pierre Luc Dubois, and and Shifley, and uh, Perfetti's had a really good good season too. So, um, yeah, they they might just be that the Wild have more depth, um, and they have uh, Hellebuck's number. Um, he, he's just in their head. Well, and it only seems like Vancouver has been able to do their thing at or Winnipeg, has been able to do their thing at Winnipeg. Like, the Wild have just dominated at the XL Energy Center, which might give you pause in this matchup, but I think if we look back at what happened last year, the two times that the Wild played Winnipeg at Winnipeg was, like, right as the Wild went into their uh, coming out of the Winter Classic lull. Like, they had players that were out with COVID, players that were out with injury. They had like 40% healthy roster. And so, yeah, you go into Winnipeg looking like that, and it's probably not going to go well. Yeah, 100%. Um, And uh, you mentioned uh, that game against the Bruins. Well, um, Winnipeg had a 2-0 lead, and then Hellbuck gave up three to to lose that. So that's a tough Tough way to lose when you, especially when you have a two goal lead. Um, as Kevin Gorg says, <laughs> you know, the most dangerous lead in hockey. <laughs> um, you know, we love KG, but uh, um, yeah, it's uh, it's so it's gonna be interesting to see uh, how he looks coming out of that after after a tough loss because you know that 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 one sticks with you, especially when you you know, you're thinking you're you're being the best team in the East, and then uh, then they come back and, and do their thing. They just so. snatch it away from you, and they say, "Nope, <laughs> this is my win." Yes, um, oh. and they have another. They have another big injury on defense too. Nate Nate Schmidt's going to be out a while, so you know their oh. their decor. You know, you know, it's they're down a little bit, and they're going to be playing some more more younger guys, and so they're going to have to rely on you know Pionk and Morrissey a lot. So maybe tire those guys out and hit them as much as possible. Kirill Kaprizov in his career against the Jets has eleven points in five games. 
two goals and nine assists. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, <laughs> I mean, he's making you know he's making them look like a Bantam team, you know, uh, you know, facing them. Uh, you know, him and him and Zuccarello just you know, like we've talked about on previous episodes, just you know, ultimate chemistry. Um, you know, we saw Krill blow the Gallowhorn at the Viking game, and Zuccarello, of course, was there with them. Um, you know, so. Oh, it's just they're they're playing at a whole nother level. Um, it's worked with Sam Steele somehow, some way. Uh, like like I've mentioned, find a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll you know we'll see if that uh, if that tier or t- trio you know keeps keeps it going here um, you know, after the break. Up uh, up next, we got the Dallas game, and the Stars have not been as um, shiny. Over the uh, the last handful of games, although they still are continuing to uh, to hold down the fort, but they got roughed up by the Oilers. They basically have been alternating wins and losses over their uh, their last almost ten games. Losses to the Hurricanes five four, the Oilers six to three. They also lost to the Penguins two to one. They got blanked by the Maple Leafs um, on the other end of the game. That the Wild beat them six to five in a shootout. They've got some quality wins mixed in there, but it's still the same Dallas team, and it's going to be a situation where the Wild don't go in on a back-to-back, which is nice. But the same things apply. It's a lethal offense that can score at will, and it reminds me a lot of last year's Minnesota Wild team. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know... Uh, you know, you take a look at a guy like Jason Robertson and, you know, he's turning into a superstar. He's their version of, of uh, you know, Kirill Kaprizov or, you know, Kevin Fiala, you know, and Joe Pavelski just doesn't age. Um, he's, he's 38 and still hanging with him in hints, um, you know, and so uh, for the Wild to win, you know, keep keep Dallas off the power play um, and, you know, and, you know, just, you know, tighten up defensively. You know, we saw, uh, the wild, uh, you know, get to Jake Ottinger. Um, you know, he's a guy uh, that he's a brilliant goaltender, no doubt about it. But, you know, he tends to give up goals in, in bunches, you know, if you can rattle them, uh, you know, you know, you get one and then, you know, the, the floodgates kind of open a little bit, um, you know, he gets a little leaky. And so, you know, he's still very young, but, you know, he's, he's going to be one of the best goaltenders in the league for, for a long time. Um, but I, you know, I think, I think the wild can, you know, again, I think they have a little bit more depth than, than Dallas. Um, you know, they are paying Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan still a ton of money. And if those guys don't produce, you know, they're basically a one line team. Like I mentioned that Robertson and yeah. Pavelski line. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's <laughs> uh, keep, keep the game at five, five, uh, five on five. And they should, uh, should get, Get get a win. Well, no, they'll, they'll have the opportunity for uh, for last change as well, and so we'll be able mm-hmm. to see Jonas Brodeen with that uh, with that line. Jared Spurgeon. I I don't know if maybe we see those two paired together, but then that leaves you with Middleton and Dumba or some other combination. But the main point is they're going to be they're going to have last change and so they're going to be able to dictate the matchups more which i think was a reason that the first matchup got so out of hand it's cuz Dallas was doing that so that won't be a problem this time hopefully but we finish it off with the new year's eve tussle against the st louis blues and the first time that these two teams have matched up since the playoffs last year st louis is a flatline they are up, they're down. They went on like an eight-game winning streak early on in the season. 
Then they lost nine in a row. They won five in a row. They lost six in a row. They just cannot they cannot sustain any level of success because their goalie is a psycho. Yeah, I mean, and their coach has told them to knock it off and just, you know, when when Baruby's saying that, uh that that's that's a really tough look. And they're they're very similar to the Wild. They lost a really high scoring uh forward in uh you know David Perron. Um so it's kind of like the Wild with Fiala. And they didn't really do a great job replacing him. Um and so, you know, that's a huge hole off their power play too and you know, they're not getting, you know, great scoring from, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, um, who they, you know, rely on. Um, and Braden Shen hasn't been been the same. He's a thorn in the wild. Uh, we saw him in the playoffs, uh, you know, you know, and uh, yeah, they're just, they're missing, missing that piece. Um, and, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think when they, uh, when they got uh, Tory Krug to, um, I don't think he's been as great as I thought he was going to be. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're just a team that's missing something and yeah. we'll see if they, you know, try to add at the deadline or if they just know, you know, they're, this is where we're at and hope, hope we get uh, a wild card spot, but I don't see them finishing in, in the top three, like, like we all predicted. If they had a goaltender that was worried more about stopping goals than he was about fighting the opposing team, They'd be in first place. Yeah, a hundred percent. But uh, you know, he's a he's a guy um, you know that gets his own, in his own head, um, and it's just it's crazy. Um, you know, I fully expect him to try to fight somebody this season. You know, if if a game gets out of hand. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna get tossed. He's gonna get wrung from a game, and this is where it's my annual opportunity to just continue to pound the table and say if a goalie gets a penalty he should be forced to serve it and his team should be forced to try to defend an empty net. That would be chaos. It would be like chaos. you don't, so then you don't have to like you, you're not down a skater. You still have five right. skaters on the ice. You just have an empty net. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, would be, that would be unreal. That would sure. be psychotic chaos. <laughs> Let's get it done. Gary, if you're listening, let's do it. Yes, Let's I mean it. you got you got those boards that are all over the place uh, with the advertisements. You got my number. Let's, yes, yeah, yeah. Let's make Let's it happen. It. Well, we'll uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with some tricky games here this week. But the way the Wild have been playing recently, I've really got no doubt that they'll get it done, and uh, we'll hopefully finish the month of December on a high note uh, by downing the Blues, which would be just fantastic. But. Yeah, this is yeah fun, fun, uh, fun week against uh, some central rivals, and uh, maybe you know get get a little space between a couple of these teams, uh, which would be huge. Yeah, that would be preferable. Alex, thanks for joining us today. We'll do this same thing next week, folks, um, with a Tuesday edition of Micheletti Monday because I'll be traveling next Monday, so we'll uh, we'll reconvene for a Monday night episode, and we'll have that for you on Tuesday. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure that you listen to Lockdown Wild wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether it be YouTube, whether it be all of your favorite podcast platforms, including now Amazon Music. Make sure you follow us there. Follow us on socials. We got you covered. Everything that happens Minnesota Wild related as we move towards 2023. So make sure to follow, and we will keep you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday. 
as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.